We just want to pick up where we left off with trainer Sean Smith last week. Um, just before time got the better of us, Sean Smith was telling us about a junior Makabu and Tabusom Tunu cruiserweight fight set for January. Makabu is the WBC champion. He's the one that's scheduled to fight Canelo next year. But now the question is, what happens to Canelo versus Makabu? Does it mean Mkunu has a shot at facing Canelo if he beats Makabu, who's already been named as Canelo's next opponent in May or June next year? So we're going to find out from the trainer, Sean Smith of the Smith's Gym, in four ways about what is happening here and what is the latest. He did hint last week, and I saw a couple of days later, it was all over the media. Uh, global media has picked that up, and uh, Makabu Mkunu is definitely happening in January. But what does it mean for Makabu? Canelo then. So that's what's coming up. It is a Boxing Wednesday anyway. So do send us your voice notes, please. All these people, Juicy, um, Terra, Moyikin Corner, all of you that have been asking us to do a post-mortem of Fuzile Ogawa. Tell us what you think went wrong with Azinga Fuzile. Let's look at the fight. Let's look at what happened outside the ring. We'll give you an opportunity to give us your views here um, about what happened between Ogawa and uh, Fuzile. Well, eighth day, 2021. Many efforts have been made for the fight against HIV and AIDS. Despite these advances, stigma and discrimination still exists for many people living with or affected by HIV. SAFM takes the stand in recognizing that HIV and AIDS are chronic diseases and that people living with HIV can have full and happy lives. SAFM, leading the conversation. Leading sport stories of the day on SAFM. So the number for voice notes, 061-4104-107, or you can call us on 0117142006. But let's start off by speaking to Sean Smith. Good evening, Sean. Thanks for, for speaking to us again tonight. Hey, how's it going? Uh, good evening, and uh, thanks for having me. Thanks, Sean. You must have been interested in that Lopez and Cambosos Jr. fight. What did you make of what happened there? Um, yeah, you know what? I think that was a, it was a bad, bad loss for Lopez. Now, all these guys, they're choosing like um, they've defenses and they're seeing it as the easier out. Like you saw that with mm. Kip Yellow had. They take a guy way out of the ratings and then uh, they get a bit careless and I think, you know, like the young guys today, they're getting caught up in a bit of the hype, you know, like they create a bit of hype around them. Mm. You know, with uh, Devin Haney and uh, you know, all these young guys, are, I think like they're getting a little bit too excited, running away with the hype. But you know what, they're getting caught out when the chips are down, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you're right. So we've seen what's happening with Devin Haney and uh, Ryan Garcia. And even before this fight, Cambosos Jr. and uh, Teofimo Lopez had a go at each other at the at the pre-fight press conference there. Do you do you think that that's what was in Teofimo's mind then? Because he went all out in that first round trying to knock that guy out. Yeah, you know what? You know, uh, like I look at it, uh, I look at Teofimo's father. Yeah, he did great things for him. But then if you if if you start looking at the interviews and when they ran into Devin Haney and the father screaming and carrying on and he went to the Mike Tyson show, I mean they they beat Lamachenko and then they thought they can't be beat. Mm. Got completely no got arrogant, got loud and got careless. And he thinks like the son is gonna run in and beat everyone. And you know what? You always gotta show this sport out most respect. You know what I'm saying? I don't care what win you come off, your biggest win, your next part can be the biggest loss. 
I heard he's got some issues in his personal life, Chirpima mm-hmm. Lopez, whatever. But, I mean, just an example, I, I could see the dad wasn't able to get to the corner when the bell went to the late. I heard the dad was drinking. I mean, you know what, that's just carelessness. It's mm-hmm. just, what a waste, actually. You know what I'm saying? I don't think he should have lost the fight yeah. on his game. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. just to see that happen, to work so hard to beat Lomachenko and to give it away against Cambosis. You know, like, like I'm not saying Cambosis didn't fight a good, a good fight, but I really think Teofimo Lopez is, is on like another level. But is showmanship not part of the game, though, Sean? Like when the boxers talk um, and build build up the yeah, fight? Yeah, of course it is. But you can't out-hype yourself. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? I think, uh, like, you need experience when it comes to showmanship as well. You can't tell me Teofimo Lopez at 23 years old with experience enough to, you know what I'm saying, out-hype themselves and carry on. I think you have to know. I think it's, that in itself is an art and a skill. You know what I'm saying? But you see the top guys like Usak and all of them, whatever, they go into a big fight and need to create the half and carry on. Depends. You know what? Some guys suit it and it works well for them, like uh, Conor McGregor. It's built around that and they feed off that. But then again, an Ali could do it. Very few people could do it. But you know, the guys like... Uh, Marvin Hagler, the guys, the serious guys about like the business, understand that too much hype can actually work against you and be disfavor. Now, if the fight's good enough, it's going to sell itself. I don't think Teofima Lopez, after beating Damage Chenko, needed to carry on and, you know, so he didn't have to say anything. Uh, this placement that like, he made against Damage Chenko was big enough, loud enough. I think he needed to settle down establish himself, get another one or two good wins, and then, you know, see from there. Mm. Yeah, no, well put there, Sean Smith. Let's go back to our conversation then last week. Before before we ran out of time, you were telling us about your boxer, Tavis Omtuna, against Junior Makabu, set for January. I see it is all over the news now. Does it mean it's confirmed it's happening? Yes. Um, so, so that's happening. Um, obviously, as we stand... Uh, you know, like I can't disclose too much because uh, there's some stuff going on behind the scenes. But just from a logistic point of view, it is becoming a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, you know, well, the borders are closed, planes are stopped, Qatar Airlines, everybody's closed. Mm. So you know, just from that aspect, you know, it might get a little concerning getting to the states. But I mean. I think we just need to ride these next two weeks out and just see you know, like exactly what's going to happen. But yep. as we stand, it's on, and uh, there's a lot of work on the scenes just to confirm everything goes ahead, you know? Yes, and, and on that note, we had Don King saying that he's taking it to the States, so it is going to the States. What's, yeah. what's the thinking there? Um. What's that? I didn't hear you beg your pardon? Oh, I'm saying, why is it going to the States? Because Don King said this fight will happen in Ohio. It's likely to happen in Ohio. I'm not sure because uh, I think, um, obviously, I think like Ohio is his home, home uh, state. And I think they try to bring the sport to like the poor people and bring the sport back in, you know? 
Mm-hmm. You always say reasoning behind it, whatever reason. I'm not sure. Okay. I've no clue if you're going to end. But you don't, you don't mind. What? If you can go to the States, you'll go there. Yeah, of course. You know what? I don't mind where the fight is. I just want the fight to happen. I'll go to the States. Actually, I prefer the States in a way because it's neutral territory. Mm. So, you know what I'm saying? But the way things are going <clears throat> with borders and visas, et cetera, et cetera, I'll do it anyway. Even in the Congo, even in the DRC, you know what? Let's just do it. But like I said, with Don King involved and obviously the Canelo interest involved, mm. it makes it a far more um, interesting fight. Uh, the world is interested in the fight. That's great, you know, like instead of the fight is going down as another world title, now it's going down as a very important fight, which is which is a fantastic fight. Talking about the Canelo effect, Sean, when Makabu and Canelo was announced, people were wondering what's yeah. going to happen to Tunu and Makabu because Tunu and Makabu too was always on the cards. So was there? does it mean nothing changed after Makabu was announced to fight Canelo? Nothing had changed from your side. No, um, the thing is, they announced it, and obviously he was—he's like the champion at the time. Mm. So I mean, obviously that was a person like he wanted to, to challenge and he asked to fight. But they don't know that there's there's a mandatory in place and the contracts were signed from Don King. Mm. They signed. Uh, remember, it was going to go uh, to to bid. Mm. Fight first, and then all of a sudden, uh, Don King people uh, like they came up with a offer, and we said, "Okay, doesn't need to go to first bid. We accept their offer." So the deal was concluded. So, in order for Canelo to fight, whatever this deal needs to be uh, concluded, and the manager needs to be fought. So thank God for that, because had the fight not have been signed. Uh, they absolutely would have gone straight through to Canelo, which would obviously be the logic thing to do, you know? Yeah. So now the big question, Sean, is what happens if if The Rock wins now? Does he go on to fight Canelo? Well, I hope so. <laughs> That's if Canelo... <laughs> no, I'm saying, you know, like Canelo said, they said, you can fight. What about... What about he said, I can do what I want to do. Is that so what Canelo think, said? <laughs> Yeah, they said, what about this? What about this? Listen, where I'm in the sport of boxing now, I can do it. I can do what I want. Mm-hmm. So I think for him, it's a challenge. I think uh, he's beaten whoever he's had to fight, the light heavies, the, the cover of uh, the Callum Smiths. Uh, so I think he's shown, you know, I've moved up and down. What's next? What can interest me? He wants to make history. He wants, you know, like he's into like the thrill of it by the sounds of it. Mm, you know what I'm saying? He stepped mm. up to every challenge he's delivered. So now he's saying, you know what? So Usak go up and beat the biggest man in the world. He's saying, you know what? If I, I got my skill, obviously I think in his gym he's got a few heavyweights at Frank Sanchez and um, what's the other guy beat AJ? The Mexican. Ruiz. Yeah, he's got Ruiz in the gym. So I think he probably mixes it up a little bit to them and uh, I'd I think he thinks, you know what? Not just that easy to beat me up no matter how big you are. So why not let me try the cruiserweight strap and just add to my legacy and do... You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you know, he's in it for the thrill and he can do what he wants and he's, and he's, and he's good enough to try 
something like this. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But surely he will want to fight the champion now, which means whoever wins between Makabu and Tunu will fight Canelo. That's it, yeah. So, yeah, like I just said, you know, for me, you know, it's a very stressful time because I just want things to happen and be normal and we can get to the fight. I believe it's going to be another special fight and I'm... I can't tell you what it is, but I just think the Beeson Tune is going to have a special performance. I can just feel it in my bones. And it's, it's just six years ago. Six years ago. And you know what? Mm. Both of them, they've lost and they both come back and they're number two and, two and three in their, in their division. You don't see that often. You don't see in any of the divisions number two and three fighting. It's always number two against number 20. Mm. Like, uh, like another thing, Eddie Hearn, I've offered him, I said, Tulani and Bengal fight Conor uh, Ben. Mm-hmm. We won below. But I'll rather go for a half a name. Someone heard uh, Chris Algeri, it sounds better, blah, blah, blah. It's a safer option. <laughs> but you know what? You know, bring it. Tool was meant to fight in uh, Russia this this uh, next weekend. Flights are closed. So we're going to miss that opportunity. We're going to fight with WBC Silver. But uh, lucky this weekend down in East London, uh, Raja Sonjika is going to fight for the IBF junior uh, featherweight in East London, junior featherweight title, IBF Africa. So we have to take what we can get, but I just want that to happen, that fight. Makabu and Mtunu, it's going to be special. And like I said, I said to the person, one step away from meeting like the lottery. Let's go. <laughs> but now, how do you keep him focused on Makabu first and not Canelo? Or, or do you use Canelo nah, as nah, the motivation? Nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of both. But, uh, you know, I think um, it's, it's hard to keep the motivation full stop because we've been in talks for three months over this fight. Don King could not come up with a date. He could not come up with a venue. He could not commit. If you go into Google, his net worth is worth $300 million. Mm. He does not want to lose $1 for nothing. So it's just, it's just incredible. But I mean, you know, you have to be professional. And understand. Like you saw with the composers fight. It took six months to get there to the ring. Mm. That's a and uh, horrible, horrible results for um, Lopez. But I mean, you know, that's the sport of boxing. And yeah, like I just said... It's nice to get, uh, you know, to, to step up to to challenges in life, to be challenged. And uh, Lunga Makab is a great competitor, world champion, defended his belt. And I just think uh, the script couldn't be better, you know. Yeah. Obviously, the last time they fought for an eliminator, which... What's the motivation, whatever? But so this is for all the marbles. So this makes it so much more thrilling and motivating for both sides. So I know he's going to bring even more. So, but yeah, can't wait. Yeah, no, certainly. Did didn't they try to offer you some step aside money there, not to take the fight? Nah, that was that was hearsay. That was rumours. But like I said, um, you know, step aside. I'm saying, you know, in life, in life, you want conclusions, you want results, you want. Saying, let the best man win. I would never want to live my life thinking that I know the beast can beat Junior and he's to fight for what a million dollars. 
for me, for me to do those two things, to beat Bukal, to beat Civil Beat, Canel Alvarez. Oh! For me to do those, yeah, now I will. Okay, Sean. Strong words there from the trainer, Sean Smith, of the Smith's Gym. Hopefully the fight does go ahead and they can travel no, to the U.S. Yes. But, you know, like I said, uh, so, so for me to, to achieve that in sport, well, that's, well, that's my dream, you know what I'm saying? Mm, that's, mm. that's my vision. Mm. To achieve that in sport, there's, there's no money that can buy that for me, you know what I'm saying? Mm. That alone is hitting like the lottery over and over again. You know, it's like to do something in your field and in your career that is that can go down in history. You know, there's there's no step aside that can match that. You know, so well, please God, let's see. That's that's my story. Like you heard it, first. <laughs> Wonderful, Sean. Let's leave it there. All the best. We'll keep in touch with you to find out if everything is going ahead according to plan. Confident man, confident that the Rockham Kunu, a big fan of Maritzburg United. This is a perfect time, Quentin Jetto, to send us a Maritzburg United jersey to give to Tabisom Kunu because he could be fighting Canelo if he beats Junior Makabu. So looking forward to that. I don't want to say, I almost said two South Africans, but Makabu is not a South African, but he's been based here for years. He's from the DRC, of course. So he has to get past Tabisom Kunu. Makabu to get to Canelo and Mkunu now knows if he beats Makabu then he gets to Canelo and they did fight a couple of years ago like you were saying six years ago uh, with um, Makabu won that it was a knockout I think in the, in the 11th round of the 12th it was a knockout Makabu won that so there is something on the uh, on, on the table from Kunu to avenge there by the way there's so much boxing to look forward to this weekend Devin Haney against Jojo Diaz Devin Haney for me very underrated very underrated even though Nomeva gave him a hard time but he's very underrated Devin Haney maybe he doesn't talk as the other boxers talk too much like the other boxers and that's what he's been trying to do ahead of this fight with Jojo Diaz now there's also Tank Davis I know a lot of people are excited by Tank Davis he's fighting Isaac Cruz also this weekend so lots to look forward to but we're going to bring it back home now and uh, look back at Azinga Fuzile's fight against Kenichi Ogawa you're welcome to send us your views I know a lot of people watched that fight there in the group even Ekompo Hall there was um, a viewing I hope it went well if you were there you can also get in touch with us and tell us how that viewing went Ekompo Hall 3am in the morning Nilele or did you have to sleep and then wake up and watch the fight to been cross nighter there you just stayed up the whole night to watch Azinga because they came on at about just before 5 ne? but uh, just around 4 Four five never that's when they came on to fight. Anyway, let's take a break and then we'll talk to Monobisi Jim Long. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.5 FM in Tabazimbi. Okay, so the fight has come and it's gone. Azinga Fuzi le- lost to Kenichi Ogawa. The scores 114-111 and two judges added 115-110 in favor of Ogawa. Uh, so you can see that it was a comfortable win. And by the way, talking about judges, a lot of you are asking for our our teacher, our ring official to come back, Usisiya Vabaza Boy. So we're going to make time for her to come back again and educate us more about uh, the sport of boxing. But let's look back at Ogawa and Fuzi Lemonabisi Jimlongo from Ink Sport, founder of Ink Sport, editor, joins us on the line. Good evening, Bramo. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you, Tabitha, and uh, very good evening to the listeners as well. Thank you. What did you make of the fight between Azinga and Kenichi Ogawa? Yeah. <laughs> You know, Travis, uh, firstly, um, in the build-up to the fight, uh, let, let me say last week, I had a few questions uh, 
that uh, were lingering in my mind. And I think it's because the questions, uh, they were triggered by the fact that uh, in the build-up, I'm pretty sure you, you also noticed, and even the, the listeners maybe, they also noticed that uh, the one who was uh, doing all the talking was Azinda Fuzile. And um, Ogawa was not saying anything. And mm. that worried me because I I couldn't know as exactly as to what the Japanese was thinking because we knew what... Um, Azinda Fuzile was thinking um, in the build-up to the fight. And uh, and I even said to some of my colleagues uh, at the SABC, I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about what might happen. And they said, what do you think is going to happen? I said, no, I'm not saying Azinda is going to lose this fight or, or what, but uh, the silence from Okawa is too deafening mm, for my liking because... Saying. You know, you know. Sometimes uh, you you'll find that some, some somebody is just quiet and is planning uh, to to kill you. You know, and I think uh, that's what exactly happened within Kenichi Ogawa. Because I, I'm not I'm not gonna say Azinga Fuzile maybe looked down on Kenichi Ogawa. No, I'm not gonna say that. But uh, there were elements uh, during uh, the interviews that were conducted and done in the U.S. Uh, I'm sure you remember when uh, Azinda Fuzile, it looked more like he he was already looking ahead mm. he, instead of looking at the fight that was coming on the weekend. He was talking about um, Shaku Stevenson, and and uh, in, in that alone, it, it, it gave me a, a wrong impression that maybe he, he thought it was a walkover, and and yet it was not. And what did you make of the what did you make of the game plan then? Because it seemed like it was the same as Zinga trying to use that shoulder roll, trying to catch Ogawa there, not fighting on the front foot. Maybe tell me so before we we, we speak about uh, the real fight. Mm. Let, let us go back to to the preparations, if mm-hmm. if, if you allow me. Okay, that's fine. Uh, we can do that. Uh, uh, the preparations of of the fight, and uh, in, I stand to be corrected. Uh, this is how I feel, and this is uh, what I've been thinking, that uh, the kind of preparations that Azinga had in, in the build-up to the fight were not ideal preparations for someone who was going to to fight in, in a big, 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 big um, bout of his, uh, of his boxing career. I'll tell you why. If you remember very well, that eight days before the fight, the fight contract was not signed. You remember, mm. I'm sure you, you, you mm, remember mm, that. Mm, mm, I heard that. that. The fight contract was not signed. And um, th- that alone tells us or tells you uh, what was happening behind the scenes. And then may- maybe many of us are not privy to what really happened. But one day we'll be able to dissect what really happened. And uh, not only the, the fight contract was not signed, another thing that was of major concern to me was the fact that at that eight days before the fight, Azinga didn't have a visa, a working visa, uh, to, to go to America and, and fight. And uh, on the other hand, his trainer, Chief Njegani, has a 10-year so are these two me, linked, uh, Monobisi Jimlongo, the fact that the contract wasn't signed and Azinga didn't have a visa? 
Yes, they, 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 they are linked. They are linked because that, that contract serves as um, like an invite. You know, when you're invited to come to do something, that certainly is an impact. And then, that, that worried me a lot, you know, because um, I thought to myself, I said, no, this, 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 is, this can't be right. There's no way that you, you cannot have signed a contract eight days before the fight. And what was the and reason? No way, and there's no way that, before I come to that question, answer that question, there's no way that uh, you don't even know as to when you will be leaving South Africa for the U.S., you, you get my point, mm. because mm. at least a week or two before going to to wherever you'll be going, you should be able to know to say, okay, I'm leaving such a such a date. But especially after we spoke to Chief, and you wanted to leave three weeks before the fight, actually, to adjust to the cold. Yes, yes. When when you look at that, because it was going to be practically impossible for them to leave South Africa before signing. The contract was they had to sign the contract, then the travel arrangements, so that the travel arrangements could be conducted, could, could be done. So you, you can see that, uh, yes, uh, really, when Chief and Azinga left South Africa, finally, they, they told themselves, and uh, we, as the boxing lovers as well, we hoped that uh, Azinga Fuzi would return to South Africa with the belt, you know, that uh, junior lightweight belt. Uh, it has the belt that belongs to South Africa. I remember Brian Mitchell, Cassius Maloy, Malcolm Classing, and Sonke Fan, they won it before. But it was never to be, and uh, as uh, Ogawa was too powerful for our boy. So what took so long for this contract to, to be signed? The truth be told, the truth is that uh, it, it was easy to pick up that uh, there were bad vibes uh, between Azinga's, I don't know whether to say Azinga's camp, Mm-hmm. And um, and Colin Nathan, uh, I, I tend to be corrected as well. But uh, if 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 you have been following the story between Chief and Colin Nathan, mm-hmm. they, they don't see eye to eye. That's that's the truth. That's the naked truth. <laughs> they don't see eye to eye. And uh, now the problem or the situation with Azenga is that Colin is his manager and is the one who negotiated on behalf of Azinga, he negotiated with Eddie Hearn of Meshroom. So on the other hand, we've got Chief as the trainer, and both Chief and, uh, and, and Colin, they don't see eye to eye. So there was no way that we could say and we could sit down and conclude that uh, the preparations that Azinga had were ideal. Okay. For those just joining us, we are speaking to Monovisim Jimlongo, Jimlongo of Inksport, founder, editor of Inksport. Um, does not only cover boxing, but all sporting codes. And uh, you can check them online, inksport.co.za. And we're just looking back at what went wrong for Azinga Fuzila because there were high hopes uh, for him. And like I said earlier on, we we're very disappointed, but I'm sure they're even more disappointed um, than us. We did invite voice notes. Let's hear what the people are saying because it's been... You've been discussing it in the group for the past five days, them, Da E-L there. Let's hear what you have to say. Yeah, well, on Azinga versus Fuz, on Kenichi Ogawa, mine is simple. The difference between the two boxers was in the homework. What we expected him to do, he didn't do, whereas we did exactly what he expected us to do. Happy birthday to my boy Ayanda Ndulani, Anonymous. SAFM Radio and at Tabiso Musia on Twitter.
Still speaking to Monobisi Jim Longo, but uh, looking back at Azinga Fuzile's loss to Agawa, he's highlighted a few talking points here. Uh, preparation, divisions in camp, um, overconfidence also. Where does all of this then leave Rumble Africa promotions then, uh, Monobisi Jim Longo? What would have been their role here and what do you make of how they played their role in the build-up to this fight? Yeah, you know, tell you, sir, let's go back maybe a little bit to, to the fight. There was something that uh, that very, very important that was said by one of the commentators. He was making a, some sort of a comparison, mm-hmm. saying that uh, the, the entourage or the team that Azinga Fuzile took to America was the smallest or the thinnest that he's ever seen in a bout of that magnitude that mm. that that statement alone said a lot to me it, it, it said a lot and the, may, may, maybe again that that commentator they didn't have uh, um, the background as to what exactly happened let, let, let us look at them because if, if you look at it uh, we, we've got run africa promotions who promote uh in the first list right and we've got uh colin mason who's the international advisor of Randall Africa Promotions. And then we've got Azinga Fuzile, the boxer. And then we've got uh, Chief Jagan, the trainer. So there's, there's a lot of parties involved in, in, in all this. But uh, let, let us look maybe at where the problem might have been, if there was a problem. And one would ask, and people are asking, and we continue to ask whether we give them the right answers or the wrong answers. One would ask and and say, why was no one from Rand Africa part of the entourage? And the answer to that question would be that uh, because of trial commitment, Harris was busy with something else, uh, the the chairman, and then Montessa and the CEO was busy with something else. And you remember that uh, they, they, they have been busy all along throughout when they were just before the local government elections and uh, even last week they were busy with some of the stuff related to to the local government elections. So that's why they couldn't travel to to America yeah. together with Azinga Fuzin. And then we we had uh, Colin Nathan, the international advisor who, who travelled to to America and uh, what he said before travelling to America is that he, he was representing Rumble Africa, he was representing South African boxing as well. He thinks that he was representing all of us who love and uh, and follow the sport. So maybe, again, maybe, a bit maybe, what could have happened is that uh, somebody else or some other people could have been roped in here in South Africa to advise or to assist Chief in, in, the, in, in his endeavor to produce his very first uh, world champion. But unfortunately, that never happened. Hmm. And by the way, I did see the outgoing CEO of Boxing South Africa, Ms. Cindy Koma, was also there at Madison Square Gardens. Uh, yeah, she, she was there on her personal capacity. On her personal yeah. capacity, yes, I saw that. Yes, yes saw to, that. To, to, I mean, to, to support uh, Chief, to support Azinga. But uh, yes. That was not enough. And, you know, after, after I, I spoke to her after the fight, and she was devastated mm. by what happened. But because she was at ringside, and yes, she saw yes, everything yes. that happened. And you can, you can imagine, 
you travel all the way from South Africa with a boxer that you trust, and Ogawa happens. So what happened inside the ring then, uh, Monobisi Jimlongo? Did the game plan not work? Should they have gone to a plan B there? Maybe, Itadiso and the listeners, we should go back many, many years ago when uh, the late Brunswick was producing uh, world champions. And uh, we look at uh, how he did it and what he used to do at that moment. And maybe what we didn't do in the build-up of Azinga's fight against Kenichi Okawa. Because if, you, if, you, if we compare what happened then and to now, it's incomparable. Why do I say so? I say incomparable because at the time, Ramzi would call all, something that I would call, I would say, is the brain's trust. To look at the videos, mm-hmm. to analyze the videos of the opponents. And it was not only one person. It was not too, it was not too bad, not too bad. It was more than that. And people will come with ideas on how to encounter whatever the, the, the opponent was going to bring. And then the case of Azinga, I mean, in Azinga's case, it was not, it was not so. so that, that is where I believe and think he lost the fight. Because he was caught by the same punch, he had a straight right. That's what dropped him. Yes, because tell me so. If, for instance, we had about four or five people who had looked at Oktawa's uh, videos and analyzed them, not only looked at them, and analyzed them. And then after analyzing the videos, you plan what must happen and you anticipate as well as to what exactly must happen during the fight. If he comes like this, this is what you should do. But it was not. It, 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 that didn't happen. And then when Azinga went there, then the guy, he was pumping his right and his powerful right. And Azinga couldn't give answers to that. And unfortunately, the, the game plan didn't change. And it tells us that, uh, for, for me, it tells me that uh, the kind of campaign that we had going to that fight, we didn't have a plan B or a plan C. Because when you go to a fight or go to a match, if it's, if it's a match situation, it's not a fight. You, you know that if plan A doesn't, doesn't work, you go to plan B. If plan B doesn't work, you go to plan C. But it was not, it was not the case. That is why when the fight was continuing, you could see Sean Gibbons, was mm, giving orders in the corner. as well. Uh, and Jorge, the guy from the Cutman from, uh, mm. from Mexico as well, because we could see that Ogawa was stealing the fight and he stole it. And it did. Okay, Monovisim Jimlongo, you've given us a mouthful. You've said a mouthful here, and uh, there's no other man to speak to because you covered this fight extensively on inkspot.co.za from the build up up until after the fight. So we appreciate your insight and thank you for speaking to us. Thank you very much, Tadisi, for giving me this time. Okay, let's move right along now and speak to Rumble Africa Promotions. Uh, we've got on the line the big boss, Mr. Terrace Ndutu. We'll just take a quick breather and we'll go to him. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.3 FM in Uppington. Okay, let's speak to Azinga's uh, promotions company and t- Mr. Terrace Ntutu joins us on the line. Good evening, Terrace. Thank you for speaking to us. Good evening, good evening to you, Tadiso, and the listeners. What is your assessment of the fight? 
Look, I think let me start by appreciating all the inputs uh, from different people. I, when I welcomed Azinga this afternoon, I was uh, with Mr. Mesoulis before. Mm. Uh, he had quite a similar analysis uh, of the fight. Mm. So we, we welcome those uh, kind of uh, inputs. Um, our analysis of the fight is that um, uh, it was a very difficult fight, um, as expected. Uh, but uh, we, we really saw a different uh, Okawa. Yes, uh, the headbutts, uh, roughing up of uh, his opponent uh, was there as well. But it was a bit uh, tactical. Mm. Because uh, if you can check his previous fights, is uh, that kind of a boxer who comes from the corner and goes for, for a kill. But uh, if you look at that uh, in the last fight with Azinga, it was a bit tactical. Uh, you could see that... Uh, he studied Azinga quite very well. He avoided all the traps. Um, something that uh, we loved about Azinga. Mm. Uh, you know, certain traps that uh, we, we pulled. Ofita uh, Okawa successfully avoided those uh, traps. So they were, they were, he was a better boxer uh, last Saturday. And uh, that, that, that's all, man. Um, we're still going to meet... Uh, as we usually do, uh, make an, an an extensive analysis of the fight, mm. and, and, and make some, you know, because uh, we, we must as well self-correct, introspect, and uh, be able to say at this point at least we were not, uh, you know, up to standard as threats. So we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to sit down, analyze the fight, see where we fall short. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that and how has Azinga taken it now that you've spoken to him and you saw him when he's he came nice back? Spirit. He's, he's in a nice spirit. He's a nice spirit. He's very... He's not, a, he's not what I expected. Um, he says that he's going to come back. Mm. He learned something from Ogawa. Um, he says that um, he started to, to understand him uh, when it was already late. Yeah, uh, I, I think after yeah. the doctor checked him, that's when he woke up actually and realized that <laughs> yeah. hey, he must start fighting yeah. now. Eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And the other thing is that you uh, say the the the, the headbutt was uh, was as well uh, very it, it disturbed him mm. from the fight. But when those because expected though, considering that he's a southpaw and the other one is an orthodox boxer, you yes, usually get headbutts. It looks like it's a deliberate tactic by Ogawa. Mm. Look, you you can't you can't do the same thing in all the fights. Mm. And uh, Azina says it's what he was told by the referee before the fight. That look, be careful, don't clash uh, with your heads. What is what we usually struggle with when it comes to Ogawa? So when they were telling him about the rules and what is expected of them, that look. Uh, just avoid the clash, the clash of heads. So he says, the fact that this was said by the referee and it happened twice uh, in front of the referee, uh, it, 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 it really disturbed him and made him not to be focused after such incidents. So it's one of the issues that uh, he was fit, man. He was fit, uh, physically fit. Look at how he managed and uh, handled the... The knockdowns. Mm, uh, he held the knockdowns quite very yes, well and yes, differently. Compare the knockdowns 
how he was knocked out by uh, Rakimov, yeah. uh, and how he survived Ogawa uh, last Saturday. So I think he's learning. Uh, he's learning. He's going to be a better person. Uh, that's that's how, that's what we believe as Rambler Africa Promotions. We believe that uh, we need to rest a bit, then come back next year match. And you believe so you can still get him? You can still get him back on the world stage after this slot loss, because there was a lot of talk about him internationally after he beat Martin Ward, and a lot was expected of it's him. A, it's our it's our aim. We shall not rest until he is a champ. He's a world champion. We think that there's no other champion than Azinga that we can produce. Uh, others are going to follow him. I'm not saying that we don't have potential. Azinga is on the verge of uh, achieving the same thing. But Azinga is our number one uh, product uh, in Rumble Africa promotion. So we're not going to give up, not now. Uh, we're going to make sure that we sit down, analyze the fight properly, and the preparations. Many people are talking about many different things. Mm. The period uh, uh, between when this fight was announced and the actual date of the fight. We accept all those things. But look, Tadiso, we were approached by uh, this other promotion of the... Uh, you remember there was a bout between Rakimov and Okawa? Yes, 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 yes. Then we, it was communicated beforehand to us that Okawa is pulling off because of the injury. Mm. Remember the injury, the pulling out of Ogawa was announced on the 15th of September, mm. the formal announcement. Mm. But that incident uh, was actually communicated to us like around the 15th, between the 15th and the 20th of August. We then said, they asked, can we be ready to, uh, to replace uh, Rakimov in that particular part? We said, no, we think that is a short notice uh, but we're going to try and look at our boxer and the state of readiness. We then went back and said, no, we're not going to be ready. Hence, the Dubai fight was uh, like uh, 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 cancelled. We said, no, we're not going to be ready. It was going to be around the end of September, the postponement. We said, no, we can only be ready at the end of November or second week or third week of December. So there was a there was a, an announcement and an opportunity for us to fight in Dubai. We said, no, it's a short notice. Then we started to prepare. Because we communicated officially that, look, there's an opportunity to fight for the world title. Uh, let our boy come back full time and prepare for the bout. But we accept all those things. Uh, do, you, do you also accept of, people putting the blame on, the, on what happens outside the ring, like the differences between the people responsible for his career? We, we choose not to not to entertain the the the, the blame games. Um, some are in, some are actually criticizing the strategy by chief. Uh, we won't participate in such uh, discussions. Tabiso, uh, we'll go back and self-correct. We are going to make sure that if there are things which we think they they they, they actually contributed in our loss, those things are going to be quietly sorted, but it won't help anybody, you know, to participate in the blame game. Uh, but there are things that you know that if they were handled differently, at least things could have been uh, a bit different. Uh, for example, I accept the fact that uh, uh, it was going to be different, let alone that there's COVID-19, mm-hmm. which causes quite a number of quite serious problems for us. 
that if we traveled a bit earlier, uh, you know, whether to Las Vegas or the camp abroad uh, and all that, at least that could have been a, a better option for us. But, so I'm saying there are quite a number of factors that is, and all those factors are going to be taken into serious consideration by, by Rambla Africa Promotions and Azina Fuzile's team. And why you know, why we, was we, Rambo we, Africa we not that. there, Terrence? Why were you guys not there? Because a lot of people are talking about a lack of support. The commentators were saying it's anti right is not, not big I enough. Did, I did not respond to that. Mm. Uh, no, I was uh, there was a council meeting in Amatole yesterday, where was it was a swearing in of uh, councillors. Nompesan was appointed there yesterday as a mayor MMC oh. responsible for infrastructure. Oh. Uh, the CEO of Rambo Africa Promotions. I presided over quite a number of council meetings. You, you know my other, my mm. other, my mm. other mm. responsibility. Yes. So for the, for the past two weeks, I was busy with such issues. Nompesa and myself was actually at the center of those developments. I, I assume that now that pictures of Nompesa and myself are all over the place in different councils, at least people now understand that we're busy with, with quite a number of other issues. So, so we all wanted to go to New York but due to work commitments, we could not travel to New York. So were the work commitments more important? <laughs> for sure, for sure, Tabis. <laughs> for, for sure, my brother. And look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a full-time official. Mm. Uh, I'm regional secretary of, uh, of the ANC, Tabis. Mm. I'm employed full-time by the ANC from 8 o'clock to 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And, 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 and part of my key performance area was actually being executed in the past two weeks. Mm-hmm. The the elections, the establishment of councils post elections. So so unapologetically, yes. Yeah. yeah Wait, were you happy with Azinga's preparations and Azinga's behavior before this fight, Terrace? Yes. Yes. Uh, 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 yeah. Look, let, let me address this thing. The 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 reported problems are always when Azinga is not approaching the fight. Mm. I never had an instance where Azinga was expected to be uh, in the gym or in uh, towards, he, was, he was camping uh, around East London. I never had even a single report where Azinga was not found to be in his uh, 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 camp, whether it's a house or a flat, or that Azinga did not pitch up for a run in the morning or into a gym in the afternoon. Mm. Consistently, whatever is the report in the media is always when Azinga is not, you know, preparing for any fight. Um, I'm saying reports and the allegations, mm. which we must deal with as well. I'm not saying they're right, but when it comes to preparations of the fight, the boy is always focused. Uh, is always focused. I, I'm not. I'm saying not even a single incident where. Azinga is preparing for a fight and is not found in a right position or place or location. No, I'll, I'll be lying there, Tadis. Okay, great stuff. Tadis, we're going to have to leave it there because of time. Uh, thank you for taking our call. I know we are all disappointed and um, we have to ask the questions, obviously, trying to find out what went wrong. I'm glad you're going to do an introspection and you'll come back to us and tell us what the way forward is because surely it can be the end for Azinga. Like you said, I mean, he's a potential champion there and he's going to be a champion one day. Yes, we're going to come back and tell you about our way forward and the plans for the future. Okay. Do you think uh, there should be a change of a trainer, back. like people are saying? 
<laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, Too early for that. I, 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 I don't have any, any plan, any such plans. Mm. Anyway, it's as Zinga employs the the trainer and the manager, not Rambleta Africa Promotions. Our duty and responsibility is to promote Azinga and make sure that Azinga fights and becomes a champion. Of who trains him, who manages him, it's his decision. Ours is to support his decisions. Okay, Thanks, Teres. You have a lot of work on your hands. Uh, your plate is full there. Uh, but thank you for speaking to us tonight from Rumble Africa Promotions, uh, Teres and Dutu. We have to leave it there. It's 8 o'clock time for news.